The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. So, one of the one of the pieces I think with this style of practice where we are receiving, receiving, receiving um, is that we run into all kinds of states of mind where we are um, habitually not mindful or where we have a habit or a belief or a, a, a sense that that's not where I meditate, that's not what a state of meditation is. We have a belief around what it is to be meditating and certain states of mind seem to be out of that realm. And so as we settle back and just start receiving, basically our minds wander through what they wander through during a day. And some of those states are ones that we're familiar with. Some of the states of mind we're unfamiliar with. Some, some of the states of mind we might think we can be mindful of and others we have a habit of non-mindfulness with. And I would say um, sleepiness and restlessness are two states that we often have a habit of non-mindfulness with. In the, in the guided meditation, I, I, um, I mentioned that you might have the belief, I can't be mindful while such and such is happening. I can't be mindful while I'm sleepy. How, have you had that thought ever? Can't be, I can't meditate while I'm this sleepy. You know, so if you've had that thought, yep. Uh, and I certainly had my share of it. Um, what I'd like to propose is that if you're aware that you have that thought, or if you're conscious of having that thought, I mean, you might be having that thought and not really present, but you might also be kind of present. It's like, you know, yeah, I'm so sleepy. I, I can't meditate. If you have enough awareness to recognize that you're thinking you can't meditate while you're sleepy. I would like to propose you actually have enough awareness to be aware of that sleepiness. And so what's happening in that moment is that there's a belief that I can't be mindful while I'm sleepy. So there's a belief happening. And that belief is kind of driving our perspective. If we check out in that moment instead of, instead of following that belief or instead of just saying, well, I need to either change the state of mind or stop meditating, but instead check out what's actually going on. Am I aware? So I can't be mindful while I'm meditating or while I'm this sleepy, but am I aware? Yep, I'm aware. It's uncomfortable maybe. The resistance to sleepiness makes it feel uncomfortable often. So there's uncomfortableness there. And there's a belief, a belief that I can't be mindful while sleepy. But if you can just stop for a moment and say, well, actually, I'm aware. Okay, I'm aware. And what is it? What is this state? What is this sleepiness? So the, the, uh, the, the checking in and kind of pointing out to yourself in the moment Actually, I'm aware, and I'm sleepy. Those two things are happening at the same time. It begins to undermine that belief. I can't be mindful while I'm sleepy. So we can just begin to explore states that we are habitually not mindful in, in this style of practice. And I did say, I think, the other day that... um, For me, at least, this style of practice, this receptive style of practice, began to... uh, 
point out to me there was way more capacity for mindfulness in all areas of my life, not only what states of mind my mind goes through, but just whatever I'm doing during my day. It's possible to be mindful while uh, I'm, you know, writing emails and um, having conversations and uh, doing what I do in the day. So the, uh, the belief that we can't be mindful while we're thinking, that we can't be mindful while we're sleepy or restless, it's just a belief. And we can kind of begin to undermine that belief by when we wake up into sleepiness or restlessness or no, wow, I'm really sleepy. It's, I can't meditate like this. Like, wait a minute, I'm aware. Awareness is here. So, so take that in. Know that that's happening. Uh, well, one extra piece I'll say, particularly around sleepiness, is um, you know, sleepiness is kind of like a fog. You know, it's like, it's like this mist. It's... Uh, uh, and often what happens or our belief around being mindful in low energy states, because low energy states, dullness, sleepiness, all of them kind of have this, this fog kind of feeling perhaps, something like that, where the mind is just basically, sometimes feels a little disconnected from experience or something like that. Um, so there's, there's that experience of being a little disconnected and sometimes the energy is low enough that it's very difficult at that point to pick an object and be aware of it. So for instance, if you're really sleepy, it's hard to pay attention to the breath. It's, it's, it's not easy. It's not, it's not, it, it takes energy to connect with an object, to connect with something we are choosing. And so that, I think, is part of where our belief comes from, that I can't be mindful while, while I'm sleepy. We, uh, we potentially may not be able to be mindful of something of our choosing while we're sleepy. It's kind of like there's a, a mirror. You know, a mirror is a good m- image for mindfulness. The mirror just reflects what's in the room. And... It doesn't care what it reflects. It reflects beautiful things. It reflects ugly things, pleasant things, unpleasant things. So it reflects. That's its job. It just reflects. It, it, it has no opinion about what it reflects. Its reflecting power is not impacted by what it reflects. It's not changed. And then we might think about that mirror when it's coated by steam. You know, we've been in the bathroom. It's a bathroom mirror. We've had a shower. The, the mirror's coated by steam. And it's, it's not reflecting what's in the room, you know? It's like, this is a problem. We need to fix it. We need to wipe it off so that we can see our face or whatever. Well, that steam on the mirror is kind of like sleepiness in the mind. Um, we know, thinking about the way mirrors work, that the mirror is actually doing its job perfectly when it's got steam on it. The mirror is reflecting the drops of water on the mirror. That's what it's doing. It's not reflecting what's in the room, which is what we want it to do. It's what our agenda. But it's doing its job. The mirror is reflecting the fog. The mirror is reflecting the steam. And so what, what happens for us with sleepiness is that there's something going on, a, a state of mind that's kind of vague and fuzzy and 
maybe dull, low energy. And we have some agenda. We want to be paying attention to something else. We want something else to be happening. So we want to wipe that steam away. We want to wipe off the mirror. But what the easiest thing to do in that moment is, is to just let mindfulness do what it's already doing, which is reflecting the fuzziness. It doesn't take much energy to let it do that, actually. You know, wiping off the mirror takes some energy. Trying to see something through a dull mind, sometimes that's not possible. But seeing the dullness itself, often, often we, can, we can do that. And so again, it just, it's kind of a little shift of, well, what's already happening? Oh, sleepiness or uh, fuzziness. This one exploration for me around the mind that is dull or sleepy or releasing energy, shifting into states of drifting uh, has been one of the most powerful practices of my meditation. Because the mind as it lets go of any kind of clinging or agitation has this quality of Ooh, moving into rest or moving into space or moving into non-specific experience. And that's a place as the mind begins to let go of, of being tight around something, that's a place where the mind often will drift into thought because it's no longer, our habit is to, our habit is often, you know, Pay attention, focus on things, look at things. And when the mind stops doing that and is more in a receptive place, it can wander because it's not used to receiving. And sometimes if we can, if we can begin to get comfortable with the mind in those states of what we often call sleepiness or dullness, we may discover that it's actually a place of rest. Remind as it moves into spacing out, for instance, I find in my own life. You know, if the mind is spacing out, often it means it needs some rest. And if I allow the spacing out, you know, you might think spacing out, spacing out is one of those flavors of sleepy, dull, low energy mind. It's one of those flavors. And, and you might think that spacing out and mindfulness are inherently incompatible. The definition of spacing out seems to be non-mindful. But the spacing out is, it's kind of a shift to a low energy resting state. And it's a state in which we're habitually non-mindful. But it's not inherently non-mindful. And so I have discovered it's possible to watch as the mind kind of lets go of something it's focused on. It drifts, it floats. We can be aware the mind is drifting and floating. It's a, it's a vague object. This is another thing that this practice begins to point us to. We can know vagueness in our, uh, perhaps our more familiar kind of meditation practice. We're used to picking precise things to pay attention to. Yes, the beginning of an in-breath. This is an in-breath. The end of an in-breath. We know those things. A spacious mind, uh, a mind that's experiencing um, 
uh, rest is not a precise object. It's not a precise experience, but it can be known. And the, that kind of experience of release and rest, one of, the, one of the ways perhaps to connect to it is it's often pleasant. And so you can just know that that, 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 that pleasantness is happening. That can be the way that you stay with it. Not, not needing to have it be precise, but just receiving. Oh, rest, pleasant, rest, pleasant. So that's probably enough for now. Uh, oh, actually one more piece. Um, because our conversation in the next hour will be uh, around what's happening for you. Um, not sure how much there'll be from yesterday to today, but um, let's just see. Let's see what you're noticing. Um, but there's one piece that I want to put in right now because you're going to leave in an hour and go out into your lives and start navigating the world and exploring what does it mean? You know, how, to, how is it possible to be mindful in the midst of my day? And as I said on Saturday... Um, uh, one of the most um, the tools that I used most in my daily life is not to try to stay mindful through my day but to recognize the moment of waking up the moment of remembering it happens all the time it happens all throughout the day you'll, you'll, if, you, if you're just curious about that moment and, and that's why I emphasize it so much and encourage you to recognize it in your meditation you know, oh, back, I'm back. Notice that you're aware again. That aware again recognition. If that's what you explore in your daily life today, and then we talk about that tomorrow, I'll be thrilled. You know, it's just like, just, just see if you can begin to recognize that moment of I'm back. Oh, back again, aware again. Um, it happens all the time. It happens when you're driving. It happens when you're walking across the street. It happens when you're picking up a glass. It happens when you're reading a book. It happens when you're having a conversation. It happens all the time. But typically what happens in that moment is that we you know, kind of go into what we're doing and start thinking about it and, and get lost. I gave the example the other day of driving on the freeway. You're lost in thought and suddenly somebody cuts in front of you. You see that movement, you're back, but you're thinking about, oh, that person was driving dangerously. And so you lose the moment of, whoo, I'm back. So noticing that moment of remembering, noticing that moment that we're back aware again. As we notice that, as we uh, kind of begin to get familiar with that moment, especially in daily life, it begins to point itself out to us more. We begin to recognize it actually happens even more than we thought. And so this kind of is an effortless way to bring mindfulness in because that moment of remembering is effortless in and of itself. That little recognition aware again takes a little effort. But... It's not a lot. Ah, aware again. And then just go on with your day. You don't have to try to hold on to mindfulness at that point. I am going to offer one thing right now that can be explored as we become aware. And that is, um, and this in daily life is a huge um, part. Um, You know, we have to think. We have to engage with the content of our lives. And engaging in content 
engaging in, what we're doing, how we're doing it, who we're talking to, our plans, our, our thoughts. That's a part of, of daily life. And if we think, if we have the idea, I can't be mindful while I'm engaged in some kind of content, there's vast chunks of our daily life that are going to be off limits to mindfulness. But fortunately, it is possible to be mindful while we're engaged in content. And the, the trick, the tool that Sayadaw Utejaniya suggests for this is what he calls 50-50 mindfulness. 50% of your awareness knows what's going on. I'm washing the dishes and thinking about um, the Dharma talk I'm going to give later. Or, you know, I'm washing the dishes and I'm thinking about packing lunch or, you know, whatever. You know, it's like we're doing something. Or I'm reading, writing this email. Or I'm reading this email. Or I'm reading the news. This is the content. The bomb in New York. We take in the content. How does it land? So 50% of the attention knowing that you're taking in content... 50% of the attention on how you are with that content. Reading that, the bomb, reading the name of the person that they're looking for. My heart ached for that this morning as I read that in the news. So knowing that, we're, we're not trying to push content away in being mindful in daily life. We're exploring what does it mean to open to how we are with what's going on in the world. So that 50-50 mindfulness, I think, is a, it's a useful mnemonic, a useful thing to remember. So... I'll repeat a little of the uh, description so that there's context for the recording. So the um, um, seeing the mind kind of fall into a familiar pattern as the mind went to that familiar pattern, there's a kind of an, uh, it, it was moving into um, a kind of a grievance that was happening with somebody. And that's a, it was a familiar pattern and yet the, the kind of thread, there was associative thinking that led there and it, it kind of made you recognize, oh, it's actually kind of bubbling underneath that. That grievance is kind of bubbling underneath. You weren't so aware of it before, but it was very easy to fall into it. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, if you, if you look at it, it felt like it's kind of in your face, but Ignoring it also didn't seem quite right. So how to, how to work with that? So the, the, the main piece that I'd encourage is that, well, you noticed in this case, you, you became aware that that kind of grievance was bubbling or that feeling that, that it was like it was, it was kind of in the, in the terrain. One thing to say is it's, it's actually in that moment. It is kind of simmering in a way. It's, it's, it's the, the, the Buddha, the Buddhist uh, tradition calls this something like latent tendency. You know, there's it's like it's a pattern that's well worn. It's a familiar kind of pattern, and it's easy to land in. But it's not really necessarily. It's it's not necessarily um, actually active all the time. It's kind of being stumbled into, and so your associative thinking kind of led you along the garden path. <laughs> like a 
like a trigger, right? So it kind of led you into it, and then it's created. But And so it is kind of latent there. It's It's almost like, sometimes I use this analogy that it's like, we have this baggage that's carrying, that we're carrying around with us. Uh, only normally that baggage is just kind of floating next to us. You know, it's like we've got, we're surrounded by all of these suitcases that are floating. And then every now and then we pick one of them up. It's like, oh, that's really heavy. Oh, no. But, but it's not that they're not heavy unless we pick them up. They're kind of just floating along with us. And the, the mind will stumble in. It, it has those triggers to pick one of them up. And so the, the, the piece, there's, there's two things we can explore here. One is, okay, it's become conscious in that moment. That, that latent tendency has become conscious. And uh, acknowledging that in that moment, yo, aware of that. Aware, okay, that's still there. So you have become aware of it in that moment, in a way. You know, you're, you are aware of it. So take that in and take in how are you with that. That kind of 50-50. You know, that's some content, of that grievance is some content. Oh, it hurts. Oh, it hurts to feel that. Or, ooh, I'm angry. Or whatever it is that that grievance triggers. Feel into that. And then I would encourage, if you, if you notice there, that, wow, it feels like that's too much. It's, 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 a, it's one of those that will overwhelm us, take us down the rabbit hole if we start trying to be with it. It's like, first, just take a moment. It's like, touch in, acknowledge it, feel how you are with it. And then, and then perhaps consciously recognize, okay, yeah, if I keep thinking about this, that's not going to be helpful. Maybe I should put something else in my mind. I could go for a walk. I could just even start, um, pick up something and start thinking about it. I'm going to hand these out to you guys. I'm going to hand these books. This is a nice little... 23-point uh, reminder. You can keep this in your pocket. Read one of these, you know. <laughs> Let this be a, a little go-to device for you, you know. So something to help you just change the channel a little bit. And so this, this question I'm going to... Um, uh, explore around, a little bit around thoughts. Um, um, this is a topic I did want to, to bring in today. Um, so you, you described that sometimes the thoughts in your daily life, you're going around in your daily life, and sometimes thoughts do have an emotional uh, response, and then there's a way that you can get into the body, and, and the thoughts can release a little bit because... Um, uh, you can connect with the body and relax and breathe in. But there's other times when the, um, um, the thoughts don't seem to have much of a connection to the body. There's not a lot of emotion and there's not much going on in the body that you can see. And those seem to be stickier. They're just kind of going on by themselves and, and there's not a lot of traction. They're like following you around like a shadow. There's not a lot of traction with letting them go. So what I want to encourage here, again, this is betraying a little bit of a, um, of a belief, perhaps, that um, thinking is a problem, uh, that we can't be mindful while we're thinking, or that it's in the way somehow. In this case, when you, you're noticing that thoughts are just kind of going on, you might just see if you can explore, okay, I'm aware, and I know that thoughts are happening. You might be curious a little bit about 
how you know you're thinking. You know, it, is, it, is, it, is it like you're telling yourself a story in your mind? Uh, is it like somebody else is talking to you, like it's a radio playing or a family member speaking? Or, or maybe it's images in your mind. Um, so just be a little curious about that. And then also I would encourage a kind of a, a little bit of a recognition of maybe the category of thinking. So this is familiar instruction from regular uh, practice. Um, like, so what kind of thinking is it? Um, is it, um, is it planning? Is it remembering? Is it arguing? Is it uh, fantasizing? You know, what, what category is it? And, and you don't have to um, try to stop it. What I would encourage there is an exploration of your relationship to it. So check the attitude. How am I with the fact that these thoughts are going? Are they driving me nuts? I mean, sometimes certain thoughts can drive you nuts. Like there's a song that's going through your head over and over again that you just can't stop thinking. So, so that's happening. We can't like flip the switch and turn it off. What's the relationship? Frustration. At that point, you may be able to then notice some connection to the body as well. So, so explore what it, what it might mean to not try to stop the thoughts, especially when it seems like they're just going. You know, it's like, there, there is a, a kind of thought, some thoughts we feel like we're involved in. It's like, okay, I need to think about how I'm going to do this thing later. What, how am I going to do that? What do I need to gather together? There's a conscious kind of intention to the thinking. Those kinds of thoughts, we can often let go of that conscious intention and those thoughts stop. Other kinds of thoughts are more, um, like I woke up the other night and the thought that came into my mind was, oh my gosh, Donald Trump might be our president. <laughs> what are we going to do as a country? Oh my gosh. And the thoughts were just like kind of mushrooming and you know, I try to stop the thoughts and it's like, okay, these thoughts are going. Um, and I decided to meditate with them and I discovered, you know, it's so, so the thoughts were kind of carrying on and I did discover agitation in the mind. So there was an emotion there. So I noticed that. I felt into that. The thoughts could recede as I felt into that. Uh, but sometimes also certain thoughts, you know, they're just like, uh, they're just like almost like describing what we're doing during the day. Like, oh, and then I'm doing this, and now I'm doing this, and now I'm doing this, and now I'm doing this. And it's just like we're telling ourselves the story of me all day long. Those kinds of thoughts you're probably not going to be able to turn off either. Just know, yep, that's going on. It's possible. It's possible to be aware of thoughts. Often those kinds of thoughts, they don't have a lot of charge, but they are just kind of a reifying, you know, they're kind of, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I do. Um, so, so sometimes you can connect to a little bit of a quality of mm, taking up residence. <laughs> <laughs> almost like you're a chicken that's puffing or something, you know. Um, so that the, the, I would encourage an exploration of recognizing the thinking is happening. That it is possible. You know, just, okay, thinking is happening. Notice how you are that thinking is happening. So notice the 50-50 piece. It's like there's content going on. I'm thinking about this story. Check in, how am I with this? And if it feels like neutral, it feels like indifference, it's like, okay, well, it feels a little indifferent. That's what's going on. No particular charge. Okay. Um, 
just just watch that happening. You might, you, you could do a little bit of investigation, like what purpose is this serving? What purpose is this thinking serving? Or um, is this thinking necessary? And just a little bit of bringing a little bit of wisdom in, not trying to stop it, but just adding a little bit of interest to, to that. So exploring that a little bit. Working with thoughts in daily life, learning how to be mindful while thinking. It's probably one of the biggest um, challenges of our practice. But it is possible, and as that becomes more possible, as it becomes more available to us, uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot that opens up to us in daily life for the power for bringing the power of mindfulness in so easy for our thoughts to do exactly what you described you know lead us from one thing to the next to the next into a habitual tendency it'll just you know it's like it's like those those habitual tendencies are just waiting there you know waiting to be it's like they're ruts they're waiting to be fallen into and there's so many associative links to our habitual patterns that as we are unaware of thinking very easy for those thoughts to land us in habitual patterns. So if we can just be where, yep, thinking, okay, I'm thinking right now, that can at least help us become aware, ooh, I'm heading into one of those ruts. Ooh, ooh, I feel the beginning of that emotion. Oh, maybe I can breathe. So that it can help us to kind of avert some of those uh, traps we fall into. So you describe the process, uh, again, around thinking, of moving from thinking to emotion to some action. And there's enough awareness, actually. This is, this is, this is a nice you know, reflection, what you described, is that the action follows because you don't want the emotion. You don't want to feel that emotion. And so there's a discomfort with the emotion. So that's an attitude, kind of. That's a relationship to the emotion, that might be helpful to to explore. So learning how to be comfortable with discomfort is a big part of our meditation, our mindfulness practice. It's, it's, It's huge. It's a huge, powerful tool for us as we start to learn that it is possible to be comfortable with discomfort. And so acknowledging, you know, okay... It depends. I mean, you may, you may find yourself in the action already. And if you find yourself there, if you, if you are aware that you are already in the action, you might just... Depends on what's going on. Sometimes, you know, we have to just continue with the action. Depends on what the situation is. But you, you joked about straightening up the cushions. So, you know, if you find yourself in the middle of straightening up the cushions, you might stop. It's like, okay, you know, this is not a big deal, the cushions. What's the discomfort with the cushions. You know, there's, there, there's, there is this, you know, feeling of agitation perhaps or... So what is it? What is the feeling? And can I be curious about sitting with that feeling? Yes, that feeling is there and there's discomfort. The feeling itself may have a feel, a, be, be dis- uncomfortable, like agitation has a quality of discomfort, but the, then there's the extra piece of got to get rid of that discomfort. You know, can't have that discomfort. And so 
uh, okay, there's agitation in the mind and there's discomfort. It's uncomfortable to feel agitated. Um, one thing I'll point to here, and this has been big for me too, around learning how to be with discomfort. There's a kind of a habit, at least in my mind, I've seen a habit of wanting to create distance when I'm being mindful of something that's uncomfortable. It's like, okay, I want to put that over there and look at it. You know, it's like, let's, let's, uh, okay, it's uncomfortable and it's over there and I'm over here. So that I'm trying to observe it, I'm trying to look at it, observe it from a distance. Um, That very movement at times of separating from the thing in order to be mindful of it has a flavor of aversion to it. It's like, yeah, I can look at it from over here. Um, and, uh, you know, that, that creates some extra tension in the mind. It actually almost makes it more uncomfortable. For me, there's a, like a feeling of squeezing to try to create that distance. It's like, okay, I can hold it over there. I can look at it from over there. And there's this extra tension that's created in the mind. When I notice that, I'm try- and, and the language I use to recognize this is, I'm trying to look at it. So there's, the, there's the, both the sense of me, a separation, and a, a looking at. So there's, it's kind of like I'm trying to focus on it or look at it or figure it out somehow. So there's, that's the language. I'm trying to look at this. When I recognize that I'm trying to look at something uncomfortable, I bring in the language in my mind, can I be with this instead? There's a, sh- a subtle shift for me around the language and play with it. It may or may not have the same impact for you. Uh, looking at versus being with. When I explore, okay, what does it mean to be with uncomfortable? It's like, oh, it's like you feel, feel it from the inside. It's like, yeah, there's this you know, kind of feeling in this area. It's like, mm, maybe almost a feeling of nausea or a feeling of jumpiness in this area. And, and, and see if there's a possibility of being with that. Sometimes we can. Sometimes the mind will immediately try to leap away from it. But just explore. Give yourself the, the chance, especially with something small like straightening out the cushions. You can remind yourself Right? You can remind yourself, this is not a life or death situation. This is a small situation. And the, the, the discomfort I'm feeling here, is, it's, it's, it's okay to feel this discomfort because it's like, I don't straighten up the cushions, it's not going like, to be a catastrophe. So using a little bit of wisdom to help you kind of orient about it and it's like, see, okay, and what is it? So when we can look at our patterns, you've described a pattern of moving from thoughts to emotion to action to uh, not feel the emotion. So that pattern you've seen repeated. When you can see that pattern happening in small situations or in, in places that are not so big in your life, that's a really great time to explore it. Because it's a similar pattern in the small and in the large. And as we get more comfortable with being with our discomfort in non-threatening situations, it increases our capacity for being with it in more challenging situations. So I would start in the small ones, you know, start, start in those places. And, you know, if you find you're 
already in the midst of, of acting, maybe stop and say, okay, have I got time? Do I have time? Is this a place? Am I, you know, in my house or by myself or here at the center? Can I just sit down for like three minutes and see, can I be with whatever this discomfort is? And just watch it. Just, just see what happens if I simply watch it. If it feels like it's too threatening to be with it, which it can be because our, our, our grooves in our mind can be overwhelming to us, even when they start from small things like that, then I would encourage potentially uh, changing the channel. Not trying to repress that feeling, but just like recognizing, okay, I don't need to act on this, so I'm going to set this aside. I'm going to like go outside right now. Get the visual of the messy cushions out of my mind because that's part of what's triggering the whole thing. So get the visual out of my mind. Take a walk and then see is that feeling still there later so that you, you can begin to also see the connection between the visual leading to the thought, leading to the emotion. So you're seeing the conditioned nature of that pattern okay so in um, noticing and checking the attitude sometimes uh, discovering that uh, the checking the attitude can create the conditions for starting to think about or analyze What's going on? You were talking about sleepiness, and um, and yesterday the mindfulness of sleepiness was going well. It was actually waking you up, and you entered into a very clear state. And this morning that wasn't happening. And in checking the attitude, there was a, a remembering of that, and and you started thinking about it. You started reflecting on what might the conditions be that are different, and maybe a little wanting to have the thing from yesterday. But it seemed to have started from the conscious checking of the attitude. I would say this happens. Uh, this is this is part of learning the. The tools, you know, the um, uh, we need to become aware when we move into that kind of analysis. Um, the the um, what I what I generally encourage people around dropping these questions in. So it's it's like you're just dropping. I, I used this analogy the other day of there's a still pool and you drop in a pebble and you're just looking for the ripples. You know, it's like so you you check the you bring the question in. What what's how am I with this? You know, sleepiness. Okay, how am I with this? Uh, sometimes the mind will respond to that question with a sentence. It'll respond with a thought. You know, it'll respond with a, oh, this isn't as good as yesterday. You know, that kind of, <laughs> kind of betraying the wanting and the uh, subtle aversion, uh, you know, the wanting for yesterday and the subtle aversion for today. But, the, but so sometimes the, the response is in words, you know, it's, uh, and yet, you know, if that happens, there's a kind of a little bit of an art to this. It's like, okay, you know, it's like you drop in the, the question of how am I with this? If the response, you settle back, it's like, okay, how does that answer come? You ring the doorbell of how am I with this? That answer might come through a feeling. 
It might come through a thought. It might come through uh, an emotion. It might come through a body sensation. You know, so it's like you ring the doorbell of how am I? And it's like you wait. What opens the door? What's opening the door? What's on the other side of that door? Sometimes nothing. Sometimes the the door doesn't open. And, you know, there's nothing particularly there. So that you can see, at least at that point. And so when you drop in that question, the art of it is to be receptive for what's received. Be present for what's received. If it is a thought, we need to take some care not to follow that thought and start thinking more thoughts about it. It's like, oh, okay, woo, this isn't as good as yesterday. Oh, that's content. How am I with that? Oh, frustrated. Oh, that's the attitude. Frustrated is the attitude. This is the feeling. So, so um, it's, it's a little bit of an art form to, you know, this is a, this is a tool, you know, checking the attitude. And it takes, takes some skill. You know, we learn, how to, we learn how to use our tools. So this is a great question. Um, I generally, I find sometimes when I check the attitude, I do end up kind of wandering off into thought. And if I've wandered too far, it's just like, oh, oh, thinking's happening. Okay, just come back, start over. It's like relax, receive, let go of that chain of thinking. Don't, don't get it. You might even just try, oh, analysis. Oh, right, okay. For me, analysis is a habit. You know, it's one of those grooves, like you mentioned. It's like analysis, the mind will go there. So it doesn't take much for the mind to drop into the analysis groove. It's like, oh, right, okay, analysis is happening. So it's like something else has been created at that point. It's not even about the sleepiness anymore. There's something completely new. Oh, analysis is going on. Okay, this is analysis. So, um, you know, the, the checking of the attitude will take some time to get used to. But another piece that I, I often will say about the attitude is um, it, the, the response can come. I have definitely seen it come as thoughts. You know, that, that, that it, it, it's like, what's my relationship to this? Oh, angry. You know, and it just comes as a, as a thought. Um, but, but the more... Uh, the more you practice with it, the more the response actually comes through other avenues. It's like often I think what happens as we check the attitude is there's something that goes on. Like you, you experience the frustration, but it's not quite, you're not quite available to know that so much. So it, got, it kind of has to bubble into the thought realm before you can, before you can actually see it. And so um, it's... It, it, as, you, as more skill develops with the practice, checking the attitude, it's more in the feeling terrain. Um, but it's okay if it's in the thought world. You just need to not... not conti- I would say if it goes on more than two thoughts, it's going into analysis. You know, the, the, the response to that question is going to be brief. It's not going to be a paragraph. <laughs> You know, so if if it's a paragraph, we've gotten involved. Yeah. So so you know, those. I hope that's. A, yeah. So um, in describing your experience in the sitting, 
um, mentioning that there was a kind of a, a twitching in the leg that was unfamiliar. And the, the key piece that I want to uh, kind of be curious about is you said it was disruptive. Um, oh, shoot. about that and then I'm going to ask you some more questions um, um, so you said it was disruptive and um, experiences like that it's, it's, it's along the lines of what I was saying around um, sleepiness or thoughts you know it's like the idea disruptive means I can't meditate while this is happening. This is in the way of the meditation. And um, that, when, if, if anything like that is happening, I can't meditate while this is happening, whether it's a mind state, a physical thing. I can't meditate while they're using the jackhammer outside. I can't, whatever. That's something to be curious about because there's nothing inherently, no object is inherently a problem for the meditation. If there's a sense that there's a disruption or there is a problem, there's something going on in your mind that is making it difficult. It's not the thing itself. So it's not the sound, it's not the jackhammer itself, it's not the twitching itself that's the issue. There's a reaction, there's a relationship that is, often it's a belief, actually. It's not so much that... I mean, maybe it's uncomfortable. You know, it might be that the experience of the twitching is uncomfortable. I've had that kind of thing happen, and it is. It's like, (coughs) you're doing that. Um, So there's a a discomfort there. But it's it's more often that, that the mind believes this is a problem, you know, that I can't be... Be mindful while this is going on. It's the belief itself that's making it difficult to be mindful. It's nothing about the situation itself. And so that, that's one thing to check. If, if you're noticing a sense of disruption in your experience, like I can't meditate while that's happening, uh, there's, there's a couple pieces. One is there's usually something unpleasant going on, and then there's the belief that that unpleasant thing is in the way of my mindfulness. So helpful to recognize those two things first. Okay, yep, there's, okay, this is uncomfortable. There's, this is, un- so again, learning to be with uncomfortable. Yep, this is, unco- am I aware? Yes, I'm aware, and I'm aware that it's uncomfortable. Then the other piece is the, the relationship there. Beliefs are often a form of attitude. It's a subtler kind of attitude in a way. You know, it's not so much aversion or greed necessarily. I mean, there can be some aversion to that uncomfortable uh, experience, but sometimes it's just like, oh, this, is, this, this, isn't, this isn't how I can meditate. And so it's, it's almost a neutral belief, but we're buying into it. So can you recognize that a belief is happening? 
you know, acknowledge. So any time there is a, I can't be mindful while such and such is happening, that is a belief. No question about it. There's, there's nothing that we can't be mindful of. If you have that thought, I can't be mindful while X is happening, it's simply a belief. So the, that's one thing to write. Okay, believing is happening. That's the relationship to that experience. Believing it's a problem. Believing it's an issue. So step back. Twitching is happening. Unpleasant is happening. And believing it's a problem is happening. Am I aware? Yeah, I'm aware that I believe it's a problem. Yes, I'm aware it's uncomfortable. Let the awareness be your, um, your signpost, your guide. We have these ideas that mindfulness meditation means being in some state. It means being, uh, you know, connected to the breath or peaceful or, or something. You know, we have some idea about what it means to be mindful. And this experience isn't that. And so this is a problem. So in this practice, we really come back to the awareness. It's like, Am I aware? Yes, okay. Awareness is here. Why is this a problem? Why is this a disruption? It's not actually disrupting my... In fact, actually, it's making me more mindful because it's so obvious. (laughs) You know, it's so present. It's just not what I like. Okay, not liking. Uncomfortable. Am I aware of that? Yes. If it gets too much, this is where we have to learn our skills. If it gets too much, so that kind of experience of the twitching leg can be hard to work with. You know, it can be a point where, you know, you just keep getting caught. And so I'm I'm trying to uh, create the conditions where you understand it's possible to be curious about it, possible to be aware of it. But sometimes that uh, reactivity is stronger than the mindfulness can handle. And so in that case, once you've tried exploring it for a while, then do, you could stand up, you know, you could, you could take some action that would help to alleviate the, the issue. But I would like to just have you explore that notion of disruption, because there's nothing inherently disruptive in anything that we're going to be experiencing. There's, there's, there are things that our mindfulness isn't quite strong enough to be with. But it's not inherent in the thing. It's just a, a, a cultivation. It's more like, you know, so something is happening that the mindfulness is weak with. So this is stronger than the mindfulness. And we just say, okay, you know, can I touch into it a little bit? Can I meet it a little bit? And then redirect. So that we cultivate a little bit of a capacity to at least even recognize, yeah, I can know that this is happening and I need to take a break from it right now. So that there's a compassion in that as opposed to an aversion in moving away from it. Yeah. Now let me turn the...